Welcome to church. Happy Mother's Day. We are continuing our series, Unhindered, this morning. Someone say, Unhindered. And if you weren't with us on last week, here's a brief recap. The book of Acts is where we've been studying, and it's not just a list of attributes to memorize or bullet points to fit into a spreadsheet. It tells the story of the birth of Christianity, the very beginnings of the spread of the gospel. And when you're going through the book of Acts, there's one specific word that brings it all together. Actually, it's the very last word, and it is the title of our series, Unhindered. It's the one word that bridges the Gospels and the Epistles. This one word gives us context and hope and clarity for all that God has done and is doing through his Son. Last week, we started by looking at the lavish love and grace that's available to us through the unhindered kingdom. God has held nothing back from us. And we'll see over the next few weeks just how amazing that truth really is. So today, we're going to be talking about a topic that I thought was so appropriate for Mother's Day because it's going to be a topic that not only will help us as we build relationships in that context, but relationships in general. It's that topic that we sometimes have a little bit of difficulty navigating. We have no trouble understanding it, but we oftentimes have difficulty applying it in our life. And that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a powerful force in our lives. It's something that all of us need. And thankfully, through Jesus, we all have access to it. So what do you think is the big deal about forgiveness? To a Christian, forgiveness is rooted in the belief that all people are sinners and a need in forgiveness from God. We believe that forgiveness comes from God who extends mercy and grace to all who repent and seek forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin used to come through the sacrificial system as described in the Old Testament. But Jesus changed everything. Somebody say, Jesus changed it all. And now, through his single sacrifice on the cross, forgiveness is available to all who confess and believe. It is the single act of love that has opened the door for everyone. Somebody say that with me. Forgiveness is for everyone. As I mentioned, this system of forgiveness used to be a complicated one centered around the concept of repentance and atonement. It involved a complex system of sacrifices and rituals that were intended to restore a person in their relationship with God and the community after they had sinned 
or committed a wrong. Now, repentance was the first step towards reconciliation. Then atonement, which involved making amends for the wrongdoing. This was done through the offering of sacrifices, which were a way of symbolically transferring the guilt of the individual to the animal being sacrificed. The blood of the animal was seen as a way of cleansing the individual from their sin and restoring their relationship with God. Now this was all done through rituals, priests, sacrifices, prayer, fasting, all that to say it was a thorough process. It required copious amounts of planning, of time, of resources and energy from everyone involved. Not to mention this process was only available for the Israelites or others who were adopted into the faith. So not only was it complicated, it was constricted. Only those who were chosen could be forgiven. And that's what makes Jesus, the chosen Messiah, all the more significant. Through his single sacrifice on the cross, forgiveness is now available to all those who confess and believe. Let's turn to the book of Luke, and if you need a Bible, just lift your hands. One will be provided for you. And as we look at these scriptures, they are also going to be on the screen. And in the top right-hand corner, you'll see a small number. That number is the page number in the house Bible that you will be able to locate that scripture quickly if you need to do so. And so I'm going to take you to the chapter 23. We're going to skip around a little bit. I want to share with you first verses 32 through 34, and then I'm going to share with you verses 39 through 43. Verse 32, and there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus, Father, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now skip down with me to verse 39. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God? seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. This story highlights for us the power of believing in Jesus. It shows us the freedom we have to come unhindered to Christ, even if it's at the last second. Sometimes we worry about those bedtime confessions, right? 
We worry about, well, did they wait? This is showing us that even if it's at the last minute, in the final hour, or at the very end, we can come to Christ. I want you to flip over to Romans chapter 10 now. We're going to look at verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confess and believe. Can you say that with me? Confess and believe. That's it. Or said another way, confess our sin and our need for a savior and believe that Jesus is that savior. He is the Messiah he claimed to be. This is a pretty straightforward pathway to forgiveness. And in a similarly straightforward way, Jesus asked us to share this gospel truth with others. And so this is where I think it gets sticky for us. I think we all understand the pathway to forgiveness for ourselves with our Father. But then when he asks us to share this with others and to model it, in our relationships and how we forgive others, I think we get a little tripped up here. Somebody say, forgiven to forgive. We are forgiven to forgive. Forgiveness is not just about being forgiven by God, but also about extending forgiveness to others. It's about sharing the amazing news of Jesus with others. We believe that forgiving others is not only an act of obedience to God, but also a way to experience healing and freedom from the burden of anger and resentment. We are called to forgive as we have been forgiven and to extend mercy and grace to others just as God has extended it to us. I thought that as we celebrate Mother's Day, this is something that we as children must keep in mind. I think in our minds we forget that our mothers are human. And as humans we make mistakes, amen? And so many of the strains and the difficulties we can have in this relationship stems from us not applying what the word of God has given us as Christians to do. Christians are to forgive freely, generously, lavishly. Oof. We want to be forgiven and we ought to forgive others. We ought to begin to give others the benefit of the doubt. You know what, they must just be under a lot of pressure right now. Whew. I can't even imagine being in their shoes. They got a lot on their plate right now. I'm gonna pray for them. Whew. What if we began to apply this? What if we began to honor our mothers, not just with flowers and cars, but with the gift of praying for them? 
that they would become everything that God desired for them to become. Not what we desire for them to become, but what it is that God wants to accomplish in their lives. I know for me, as I thought about a story of forgiveness, I remember an instance, and I'm so excited. Um, today, I wasn't expecting, and she wasn't expecting to be serving, but thank God she was here. My daughter, Anna, is home from college. Can we give her a big round of applause? For those of you who have not met her, you get to see who this phantom child is that I speak of so highly. And this is a job she has been doing since she was probably, what, 10, Anna? Nine or 10? Serving in the audio-visual ministry for Excel Church. And I remember there was one particular occasion as she was growing up into a womanhood and we were all in our home and we have this small laundry room and so there's this thing that happens that when one person's using the laundry and you have a household of six, it can sometimes be a little congested in the laundry room. And so on this one particular occasion, I came in the laundry room to discover all of her clothes everywhere. And I was irate. I sent this very flowerful, colorful group text message berating her for leaving all of her clothes everywhere in our laundry room. She was beyond upset because what I didn't know was someone who wanted to get in the laundry room took her clothes and dumped them out and it wasn't her who actually left her clothes everywhere. Egg on face. But I had to realize, as I'm sure many mothers realize today, that being a mother doesn't mean that you cannot apologize and ask for forgiveness when you realize that you have been in error. I had to humble myself. I had to say to my 18-year-old at that time, would you please forgive me? She was more upset that I jumped to conclusions. She was more upset that I didn't ask her first before assuming that she had done what had been done. And so I had to begin to say, okay, if I want to have a positive relationship with this adult child, I have to learn how to communicate with her. Come on, somebody. I have to learn how to have conversations and have disagreements in a way where we're both left feeling intact. And so she was so gracious. She said, okay, I forgive you. And I've made it my business Every since that day when you receive forgiveness, the, the objective is not to go back to being in that situation you were in. So I didn't ask for forgiveness and then go back to talking crazy. I asked for forgiveness and then I made a conscientious effort that, okay, we have to move a little bit differently now. How are
are we applying this in our lives? How are we able to remember that we are talking about people who are human beings, who make mistakes, just like we make mistakes, and that even though they have made mistakes, that if we are going to be representatives of Christ and be in obedience to what he has commanded for us to do, we ought to be able to say, it's okay, I forgive you. Don't let it happen again, but I forgive you. Amen? It's not always easy to do this. It's not always as simple as being fussed at for dropping your clothes on the floor. I do understand. There are some deep wounds. There are some things that have happened in many of our lives where we're just like, I just don't know if I can do it. It's not always easy to forgive, but when we stop to consider how much we have been forgiven and how much we are loved by God, it's hard to hold it back from others. Amen? I want us to look at Matthew chapter 6 in order to process this in a way that we can walk out of here this morning feeling lighter having a determination about how we're going to proceed with today. We're going to look at verses 14 and 15. It says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. <clears throat> but if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your have father forgive your trespasses? <coughs> Nicholas, turn my mic off for a second. Okay, I'm back. It's also worth noting that Jesus warns us about withholding forgiveness from others. Maybe you hadn't read this passage before this morning. Maybe you hadn't conveniently forgot it existed. But today I bring it back to your recollection. You could say he warns us about putting up obstacles and hindrances that others must overcome. It's hypocritical of us on some level when we've been given freedom and forgiveness, but then we withhold the same from someone else. You can see why this would be a problem, but it's not just a little problem. Unforgiveness in our lives can have a multitude of consequences. See, that's the thing about the, the Bible we have to begin to understand as his children. You know, I know a lot of times when we as adults give our children instructions, they think that we're trying to be mean or punitive. If my son asks me, can he have ice cream for breakfast, and I say no, he may think I'm just being the mean mom. 
not realizing that I understand that that is not going to power him through the morning at school so that he can concentrate and focus and do the job that is going to be called upon him. There are different reasons why I may have a certain logic or rationale behind something I'm saying, and even though he may not fully understand it yet, it is for his good. Forgiveness is that way in our lives. Even though we may not fully understand the logic and the rationale behind why God is giving us these instructions, what we begin to understand as we grow and as we walk with him and as we experience some things is that this really is not for their benefit, but it is for yours. Let me tell you just a few of the consequences that can happen from unforgiveness. Number one, Negative emotions. I know I have some note takers, so for those who you are watching on YouTube and Facebook and are taking notes, number one, again, is negative emotions. Unforgiveness often leads to negative emotions such as anger, resentment, bitterness, and hatred. These emotions can consume a person and affect their daily life. It can lead to stress. It can lead to anxiety. Number two, health problems. Holding on to unforgiveness can have physical effects on our bodies. It can include increased blood pressure, heart disease, weakened immune systems. It can also lead to mental health problems like depression and anxiety. Number three, damaged relationships. Unforgiveness can damage relationships and not just the relationship that the unforgiveness is present in. It creates a barrier between people and makes it difficult to connect emotionally. It can also lead to the breakdown of relationships and cause feelings of isolation and loneliness. Or as I like to say, we don't even realize it, but we're running people away. We're harboring the unforgiveness of something that was done to us by somebody else in our past, but now it's manifesting itself in such a way where we're treating other people who are in our present differently. Number four, stuck in the past. Holding on to unforgiveness can prevent individuals from moving on from past hurts and experiences, keeping them stuck in a negative mindset and preventing personal growth. And number five, spiritual blockages. For some individuals, unforgiveness can lead to spiritual blockages, preventing them from experiencing a deeper sense of connection with their faith and spirituality. And I've shared this testimony with you many times before. I will never forget, I didn't know I was having or harboring unforgiveness. But I had, when early on in my marriage, there was a church that we were attending and I was really um, concerned about the um, 
the things that were taking place. And so it was a pastor who was, a, he was planning the church, and my husband and I, we were coming alongside to help get the church started. And um, this particular pastor, he was very exploitative, we'll put it that way, in his expectations of the family. And so I was with child, I remember Leah was, a, a, she was still in my stomach at the time. And I just really just, it had gotten to a point where I just stopped going to that church. And so my husband was going to one church and I was going to another church and I was just like, I cannot do it. And so I kept praying and kept praying and asking God to reveal it to my husband. And he said, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not released yet. And until God releases me, I have to serve and do what God has called me to do. It's not, between, it's not about this man. Because what he's doing, God's going to deal with him. It's between him and God. But it's about me. I have to be faithful to execute what God is telling me to do until God releases me. And I said, I respect that. You go ahead and you do that. Well, one day, this woman comes to our house. And she's, you know, praying for us. And, you know, we had this nice little home. We had just fixed it up. Um, it had one bathroom. I think it had maybe two or three bedrooms, and we had just did everything in this house. We just poured our soul in the house. We loved it. And she came to the house, and she said, I'm having a vision, and I'm seeing what God is getting ready to do in your life. And I said, wow, what is he showing you? And she said, you have a house. And she said, it's not this house. She was like, and I, I made the joke. I said, is it more than one bathroom? And she said, oh, it's, a, it's, it's more than one bathroom. And she began to prophesy and tell me all the things that God was showing her. And when she got done, she said, but there's one problem. I said, what is that? She said, God said, you're harboring unforgiveness. And that he cannot release anything that he showed me until you forgive. And I just bursted out in tears. Because I didn't realize that what I was doing was hindering and blocking blessings. I think I'm doing the righteous thing. Because I know what I know and I don't agree with that. And I'm not, whoa, no. And so I'm harboring and carrying along something that God did not intend for me to carry. God wanted me to understand that is not your business. It's none of your business. I'll deal with that. I'll take care of him. And he did. As time went on and, and the consequences, that person's life just completely went up in flames. But I was able to avoid judgment and release the blessings of God in my life by not involving myself in what God was going to do to someone else for what they were doing wrong. Doesn't God say vengeance is mine? So what business is it of ours? I know they did you wrong. Very, very wrong. I know you're entitled to be livid. I know you have every right to just despise their being. But do you know that you're blocking your blessings in so doing? Probably didn't think about it that way. 
And so when we begin to say, you know what, I did not process it that way. I do not want my blessings to be hindered. I do believe God is able to handle his own business. And I do believe that me governing myself is a big enough job to handle. Let me focus on being everything that God wants me to be, releasing everything that is hindering me. So I can grow and I can flourish. I really now, if I focus on that, I don't even have time to focus on how they're doing everything wrong. That's between them and God. I've got to focus on, God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what are you trying to show me? What do you need me to do as a mother, as a wife, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a pastor, as a member, as a teacher? What is it that you're trying to do? Because I want to be unhindered. Whatever it is that these little sneaky things that I don't know about because I'm thinking I'm living my life free of sin, but yet there's these little sneaky things that are still operating in me that I want to remove so that I can be completely unhindered to be who you've called me to be. As you can see, Jesus isn't only concerned with our spiritual well-being, but our overall well-being as, all, as well. We're called to follow in the steps of Jesus, who even forgave his accusers. He forgave, as you remember the scripture we read a moment ago, his executioners. As he was hanging from the cross, in Luke 23, 34, he said, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, forgiveness is given freely. He said they know not what they do. We've got to begin to repeat that in our minds as people are offensive, as people do things to us. We've got to begin to recall the word of God and say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You could say that Jesus didn't want these people to experience any hindrance in their ability to receive salvation. He wanted them to be forgiven, and he recognized that they didn't even fully understand what they were doing. That's a side note I feel the Lord leading me to share with you. I think that that's one of the things that hindered me, as I thought that was for forgiveness was something I gave if someone came and requested it. So I was waiting for the request. You didn't ask to be forgiven, so you're not forgiven. So I'm carrying along all this extra baggage, all this extra weight, hindering myself, waiting on them to ask for me to be free. You know you don't have to wait on people to release yourself. You can be free right now. They don't have to ever even realize they probably don't even know what they did. They don't think they did anything wrong. It's okay, I forgive you anyhow. I forgive because I want to be free. Some of us have to forgive our mothers. You do know they didn't get a handbook when they got you, right? <laughs> they do know, you do know that when you popped into their life, they just did the absolute best they could with the knowledge that they had. And I will let y'all know, sometimes we do get bad intel. 
Sometimes we get bad intel. You talk to the people before you, you talk to the people in the community, you, you get information and you apply it, and then 10 years later they find out, oh no, you don't put them to bed on the stomach, you put them to bed on the back. Well, y'all didn't tell us that. The intel keeps changing. We make a lot of mistakes, but we do the very best that we can. And if this thing is going to work, this relationship is going to work, if motherhood is going to work, then y'all have to start applying this little thing called forgiveness. My, I forgive you. I know you didn't mean no harm. I know you love me. I know you give your life for me. So if that happened, I'm sure it was an oversight on your part. You'll be amazed how much freer you are when you forgive. That's the one thing, I have many flaws, but one thing I love about me is I almost forget, like I can't hold on to being mad. You know how people can just hold on? I mean like they can carry it. And I'm the kind, I forget, I'd be like, what was I mad about? It must not even have been that important. I forgive. It's just too much work. You got to keep an account of everything that every person did and then do withdrawals and deposit. No, it's all right. I forgive. That's too much work. I know for some of us it comes real easy. But the work is going to come in learning how to release and learning how to cancel those accounts. Just go ahead and cancel it. Go ahead and just, you got the whole little list. Go ahead and write on that list, forgiven. Makes you wonder how many of us fall into that category. We sin or hurt others out of ignorance. We move too quickly through our lives. We miss opportunities to slow down and be present with the people around us we care about most. We need a savior who sees us as we truly are in all our brokenness and beauty and who loves us all the same. That's grace. That's forgiveness. That's Jesus. So in conclusion, forgiveness used to be a complicated thing to figure out the right sacrifices on the right days made in the right way. And that's what you had to do to be made right with God. That was the old way. Jesus is the new way. In fact, he says explicitly, I am the way and the truth and the light, life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Forgiveness is a straightforward doctrine with incredible implications. The essence of the whole Christian position is that we have all sinned and that forgiveness is possible for us all. I want you to say this with me. Forgiveness is possible. 
That small sentence alone must be amazingly good news for some of us that are here today. Some of us here today that are like, how do we get a copy of this message and send it to our child? Some of us that are here today thinking, how do I make sure that I remember it's possible and these strains that I have in these relationships and these relationships with my family and these relationships with my job and these relationships in different aspects of my life? How do I keep this to the forefront of my mind and remember that with God, all things are possible? Someone needs to be reminded that there isn't any hindrance to forgiveness with Christ. Jesus made sure of it on that cross when he took the whole weight of sin upon himself. I want to read to you as we close 2 Corinthians. It's not on the screen. I'm just going to put it in your hearing. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Just as sin has been generally made generously made available to us, so has forgiveness. We are to offer it equally generously to those around us. Consider today who may need to receive forgiveness in your life or who you may need to ask for forgiveness. And don't be stingy. Don't hold back. Pray that God would open your eyes to the root of any bitterness or discord that may have set root in your heart. Remove the hindrances and find the peace that God has waiting for you. It's on the other side of forgiveness. It's right there. And it's available to us all. Can we pray together? Ooh, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father, for not only forgiveness that we have received this morning in our life, but for making forgiveness available to everyone. God, thank you for removing the obstacles. Thank you for removing the hindrances. Thank you for beginning to make the scales fall from our eyes that we would see in what areas we need to just embrace what you are speaking into our hearts today. God, I'm asking that you would even prepare the hearts of those who there is bitterness with, there is tension with, there is strain in relationships with. God, I'm praying right now even for families who are struggling right now, for mothers who are wishing this Mother's Day that they would receive the acknowledgement that they so deeply deserve. God, we're asking that you would just touch the heart of their children and that their children would be willing to forgive, willing to apply your word in their lives and to give them honor on this day. God, I thank you that even if that does not come, that you honor every mother under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that you would lift them up and let them know that they are forgiven by you. God, let them know that you took it and you cast their sins as far as the east is from the west. And that, God, you honor them. And that you look at the things that they have done right and you do not focus on every little thing they've ever done wrong. Oh, God, we thank you. 
We thank you for how you do that in all of our lives and for how all of us, we may feel beat down and we may feel downtrodden because we are constantly being evaluated and constantly being ridiculed and constantly being criticized. But I thank you, Father God, that you love us. And you see in us what no other person sees. I thank you, Father God, that you have a perfect plan for us. I thank you that you know the number of hairs on our head. I thank you, Father, that even when men are disappointed with us, that you have an expected end that you are bringing us to, that is all a part of our process. God, I thank you that you even take our mistakes and use them for your good. God, you are so awesome and you are so amazing. And we know that because we have you, we are forgiven. We are unhindered. And God, I pray that you would allow us to walk in that forgiveness and walk in this newness of life and live unhindered for your glory. Let no man put us in bondage again, oh God. Let no man bring us back to our past from which we have been redeemed. Mm. But let us be unhindered in every way. Let us walk freely today. Let us walk freely each and every day. And let us give your name praise and honor and glory for all that you are doing and have already done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.